love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Haley Chura, who has been on a racing bonanza these past two weekends. She raced in Clash, Miami two weeks ago and was fifth and then was the second place champion yesterday at Challenge Puerto Varas. Am I getting this Chilean your Spanish, <laughs> your Spanish is as good as mine. Um, I hope it improved yeah. after watching the live feed yesterday. I have to say I, that like really tested some of my Spanish capabilities, but I enjoyed the challenge and it's really easy to pick up Haley Chura in the middle of it. Like, so every time I heard that I was like flashing, I was going in between that and the New York city half coverage, um, of, you know, running to watch those in the morning. And so every time I heard that Harry Chura, I was like, Oh, gotta watch, gotta watch, um, and see what's going on. But, um, Haley, congratulations. I mean, back-to-back racing is always super tough on a lot of levels, right? Like mentally, physically travel, managing all the variables and just kind of like the unknown of will your body like perform. Right. And like, you just, you nailed it. Right. So you've got to be thrilled sitting here nice and early with me on Monday morning afterwards. Yeah, no, I am. I'm recording this. I'm still in Chile and it, I am excited. I did this, the clash Miami challenge Puerto Varas double They're nine. They're two races, nine days apart, uh, for the experience. I think I have never done that really like, you know, two approximately half distance triathlons, uh, a week apart. And I just wanted to know what it was like, I think for, from a me perspective and also from a coaching perspective. And it was, it was like wonderful and terrible at the same time. I think, um, I think I'm quoting Taylor Swift there, but it was, uh, it was just definitely, it was a challenge, uh, to, especially right after the first race. I think that was hard when I was like sitting in the airport in Miami and I was like flying to Chile and not flying home. I, I had a little bit of like a meltdown there. Cause I was just like, Oh my goodness, I want to go home. I miss cowboy. Like I'm still really sore and tired and I can't believe I'm going to do that again. And that probably wasn't the right mindset to be in. Um, but you know, I got through and then once I got here to Puerto Varas, I, it's just such a cool place. Um, I talked about this race last year because I think that if people want, a a destination triathlon. I do think this one is one that's pretty accessible because it's not too far from the airport. There's a lot of hotels. Transition is like a hundred meters away from the hotel. And so there's just, you don't need a car and it's a pretty touristy place. And so you can get around with a Spanish like mine. So, um, it's, you know, which isn't very good, but you know, we make do and Lo Ciento comes in very handy. (laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like you also had to manage the like temperature extremes, right? Miami was super warm, hot, humid, I imagine. And it seemed like pretty cool and like much more kind of what you'd be loving for racing down in Chile. So how big, like how, I mean, packing for a double is always so hard. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, were you just packing so much? Like, I mean, I was having anxiety thinking about having to pack like everything from the hot end to the cold end of the spectrum. Yes. Um, I packed so much luggage. I have so much luggage and it was weird packing because it was Miami is like, 
I mean, at least like warm weather clothes are pretty small. And so, but it is, I'm like packing tank tops and shorts. And then for here in Chile, I was packing like arm warmers and jackets because it is a lot colder. And I, um, yeah, there's a lot of luggage and it was a lot colder here, but I loved it. Oh my goodness. Like the water was so cold and it felt so good. I was not cold at all, which I do think was to my advantage. I know that's one of my advantages in this race. And, uh, and I was, I was surprised to get a lead out of the swim as much as I did, because I think Lucy Byram was not very far behind me in, uh, in Miami, but you know, different race dynamics. It's a week later for her as well. And I think that the cold water swim in a wetsuit for some reason really suits me. And so I had a little bit of a gap, which was fun. And then tried to maintain that on the bike until, until I didn't. <laughs> and then, but I think you held on till around mile 40. Right. And that, you know, what is, I'm always curious, like leading out of the swim, what is your mentality? What are you telling yourself as you're like pedaling, you know, trying to catch, trying to like keep that gap as much as you can. Right. And you like looking back a lot is not going to be very aerodynamic. Right. And just like, and you don't want that mindset of like, they're coming for me. Right. So how do you, for you flip the script to like, keep you motivated, keep you pressing, trying to keep that gap. My mindset is definitely, they're coming for me. <laughs> Again, it's not good, but um, I was a 400 IMer as a swimmer too, and I was a, a really good backstroker. And so I've definitely had that mindset through my whole career. Cause when you get to the 400 IM, I had a lead coming out of the backstroke and then the breaststroke is going and you're like, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. But <laughs> so it's kind of similar to that. But I honestly was yesterday. I was just kind of, I was just like, wow, you're doing great. Like that was kind of the mantra I kept telling myself was like, yeah, you're doing great. Like. Um, I, I think it was interesting having just raced Lucy, oh, you know, nine days prior. And in that race, she passed me in transition and I never saw her again the rest of the day. And so I was like, okay, you're doing really well. If you're like ahead of her for even one mile. And, and then I was having fun. There was one point because the road is completely closed, which was awesome. Nice. It's a pretty hilly bike course, but roads completely closed, nice surface, uh, the, where like ahead of, I could see like this group and I was like, oh my goodness, it's a group ride. Like these people, but they, I like was going really hard and like not catching them. And I'm like, who are these weekend warriors crushing out here? <laughs> and I did finally get them. It was like three guys that were like pace lining. And then it was actually pretty nice because they slowed down when I was coming by to like, make sure they didn't get in my race, but I was actually like quite impressed with their riding. And so that was kind of fun. I had like them to chase for a little while. And then once you make the turn, it's just an out and back. Once you make the turn, then I could see that I had, I don't know, probably just under a minute gap on Lucy, which again, I was shocked. Um, and Laura Siddle was a little bit further behind and I was like, okay, like I'm doing pretty good. And also it's fun. You get to see all the age groupers, which I take so much, um, strength from watching the age group race. I, that was something that is nice that we didn't have that at clash because it's nice to have a different kind of situation where it's pro only race, but I do love the participatory nature of most of our events where we get to see the age groupers and share the the course with the age groupers because it's just, it's, it's fun to see more people out there. So coming back was more challenging weather wise, the wind really picked up and my power really dropped. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, oh goodness. I kind of wish this was only 40 miles like last week, but, um, but you know, I just tried to like stay in it and realize it's hard for everyone and keep myself going. And, and when Lucy came by, I like 
wanted to go with her, but it was kind of like my imaginary surges with Sarah Perez Sala last week. I'm like, I don't <laughs> quite have it yet. Maybe I just need to work on that in training. And what about last question for you with the back-to-back racing? I always like would, I think racing these kinds of distances back-to-back would be like harder, right? Because you're the level that you have to push is harder than Ironman in a way. But um, like, I always found that second week to feel like I was always nervous, of course, but like the, in a way I could rationalize less pressure on myself because I'm like, I just raced a great race last weekend, right? Like this is just all bonus. Like if I do great, it's icing on the cake. If I don't, I did race last weekend, right? And like that kind of, I think helped me like take it, mile by mile and be like, Oh, I am still feeling good. One more mile, you know, and like things like that. I think, did you find some of that? I think, you know, people are always crazy when I recommend like do it back to back, see how you feel, you know, but I think there is kind of an element that like frees you mentally to like approach the race differently than you do some other times. I agree. I did feel less pressure going into this race. I think I was a little less nervous, even though it was a little longer. I was I just, I did, I did feel like, okay, this is an experiment. We'll just see how it goes. And I knew this course and the temperature suited me a little bit better. And, um, you know, someone asked me, do you think you'd do, you would have done better if you hadn't done Miami? And I was like, that was just never an option. Like I never thought about that. I really wanted to do the double. And so there was never a time where I was like, oh, just doing Puerto Varas. Like I, I did that last year, had that experience. It was amazing. But this year I did want to, to do the double. And so I think that, yes, I agree. There was less pressure. And, and during the week, I will say like, I, I felt pretty good. Like I felt better each day. And I was really surprised by like Friday. I felt really pretty good. I did like Mm -hmm. a, you know, Thursday, Friday, I did some rides with some intensity and was hitting good numbers. And I got really good sleep during the week. And it was, it was kind of nice. You did get kind of a, you know, two races for one build. And so it was, it was, it was, it was a good experience. Like, I don't know if I do it all the time, (laughs) but it's on the occasion. I think it's good. And now you have a super fitness, like foundation boost, right. Going into the rest of the season. I mean, it is quite early still. Right. So you can let that marinate now. And then, yeah, this will be good. I think that was, that's what my coach told me. That's what Matthew said. He's like, okay, you got a lot of fitness out of this. And I'm like, I hope so. Cause I feel like I need it. Cause (laughs) that was the only thing I was like, yesterday I had about 56 miles and 13.1 in me. Like, I'm like, oh goodness. Going back to like longer distance. I'm like, whoo, but I will. Oh, I have one interesting story and this was like I'm like trying to figure out if this was real or not because I'm like I I think maybe I I just I don't know but I at one point on the run I really needed a banyo a bathroom (laughs) and there weren't a whole lot but I saw this one porta potty like near the beach and so I kind of ran off course to go to it and it locked on the outside and I'm like that's weird and so I like undid it and then someone's like yelling they're like no 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 and um there I think they were like a person is in there and so I was like oh okay and I didn't open it And I was like, I don't have time to wait. And so I just kept going and then I'm running and I'm like, wait a second, how did that person get in there? And it was locked on the outside. And then I was like, what if I went, had gotten in and then someone locked me in there and I had ended up (laughs) stuck in a porta potty. I was like, maybe that was a blessing that I didn't go in there because I'm like, I might still be there. You'd be like, Haley, I hope you showed up for your your call and I'm still stuck in a porta potty in Chile, like banging on it. But I'm like, I mean- why does a body lock on the outside a story for the ages I know I'm like I don't know so maybe I saved it but I did I did still need a bathroom but I made it to the finish into my hotel room (laughs) (laughs) 
I think we can, we can maybe Google this question later or something and figure out maybe there's like an extra safety mechanism or something and it locks from both sides and the outside just, I don't know. But I mean, either way, that seems terrifying. So I'm glad you did not lose the race based on like being stuck in the port body. Oh, that would be awful. Yeah. (laughs) Also, you'd have to tell everyone the story. So that would be awful too. (laughs) I know, but now I just get this funny one, but I was the whole last lap of the run. I was like, Hey, wait, what is going on in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the moment I was just like, ah, you know how it is where it's just like, it doesn't matter. But, um, but yeah, it was a great race here. They did change the run course a little bit. So it had a few more Hills, which I liked it. It had a lot of Hills and turns and you got to see more of like Puerto Varas, which I think was kind of cool to like see more of the residential area and, uh, it was never boring for sure. It was never boring. And, um, really good race, second year race. I hope they can continue because it's just, they, it, there's a lot of passion for the sport here. And I will also give a shout out to Barbara Riveros, who was uh fourth and she, ha- I mean, she is like a national hero here in Chile. And every time I would go for like a shakeout run or something like that, I would see her out like leading a tour or wow. doing so much media. Like I was just watching her. She had like cameras all over her all the time. And I, I talked to her a little bit when I first got here and she was talking about how much she wants to give back to the sport in Chile. And she's has a goal of uh, building a pool in Pucón where she got her start in triathlon. Mm-hmm. She raced her first triath, like one of her early triathlons here when she was a teenager in Puerto Varas. And, and it was a big trip for her to come here and, and just really give back to her, her country and the community here. And I can only imagine that like was a lot for her race week, but, um, it was just cool to see that it was, it was really, really cool to see what she was doing. And I mean, uh, that is one thing I was like, I remember in Pucon, I raced there six years ago and like, she passed Alicia K to take the win, like right before the finish line. And I was 10 minutes back. I was that far back. And I heard the roar when she made the pass. And I was like, Oh, I think Barbara just, just passed Alicia. And so it is one of those things where like, I'm like listening while I'm running and I'm like, I know I'll hear it if Barbara's coming because the (laughs) fans will go crazy. So, um, yeah, yeah. You're not looking back, but it's like, you're definitely like listening for those cues, but yeah. Podium there, Lucy Byram on a tear, you know, one, both Miami second, Laura Siddle third and, uh, Barbara Viros fourth. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good race. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Haley. I hope you can do some fun stuff in Chile before traveling home and getting back to cowboy. I'm sure he misses you too. Um, we do have a mailbag. Are you ready to, to open the mailbag? Yeah, I think so. But wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's race week for you now. Yeah, they are like on a racing tear here at the Iron Woman podcast. How are you feeling going into your race? I'm feeling good. I I mean, marathon tapers are funny. It's like the first two weeks, you're just like, yeah, I'm allegedly tapering quote, right? But don't feel it at all. And then last like longer-ish run this weekend. And I felt like not great. It just felt I was like, there's 0% chance I can run 20 more miles at this pace, right? Like kind of thing. And, uh, but then the switch flipped, right? I woke up yesterday. I was like, I do feel a little better today, you know? And like, um, I'm starting to, and this week is super, super light. So I know it's going to like keep getting better and better. So, 
Um, I feel pretty good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that we have a little group to like run this with. So it's a very oh, small nice. marathon. Um, the, the BNA trail marathon in, in Severn Park, Maryland. So it, it goes by my parents' house. I think I've said this before on the podcast at like mile one or two. And so I, you know, grew up watching this race happen and I've run the half there. And, you know, I always kind of was like, I should run the full just to like do the full. Cause I, you know, I've seen this race so much and it just never really worked out. And then one of my good friends, Carly from Baltimore, from when I was like living and training there, she was like one of my steadfast training partners. She was a crew member, um, on the long trail with me and she ran a college and like, it was always a thing to us of like, you know, we should go for a sub three marathon one day. And we kind of toss it back and forth and she's had now two kids and like, so, you know, timing never kind of really aligned. And then this past November, I guess it was, I was like, okay, Carly, like, I think this is, this is the plan. Like, let's do it once and for all local-ish, like she still lives in Baltimore. So it's like pretty easy, you know, like let's do it. And then, um, I actually have two athletes that I coach who are going for a sub three as well there with me so Brian lives in Annapolis local marathon for him and then Courtney um, will be coming in from Colorado to go for it she's training for a hundred mile in May and so and then we have two other people local um, through the running group that Carly's with too and then so I'm, I'm just really excited that like all of us have made it through the training healthy and fit and like excited right and Haley, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast with Kara Goucher and Des Linden, but um, in one of their first episodes, they talk, Des talks about in Boston, and I think she's talking about like, you know, how great it is. And I mean, you know, here I am comparing my sub three marathon attempt to going for an American to win at Boston Marathon, right? But you have to do these things to like get yourself in good head spaces. But she talks about how, you know, in that moment, in that group, like, that year where she won, like they had a group of like really fit American women all running together. Right. And like, she was like, we just, we had the numbers and like, it was going to happen. Right. And so in my head, I'm like, you know, we're all fit and we're all ready. And like, we have really good numbers. Like hopefully we can all do it. Right. But at least I feel very confident the day is going to go in people's favor. Right. Like, and we get to run and see whose favor gets to end up in, and we're going to be there together. And it should be a really fun experience to like try and push and pull each other through that. So, um, so I'm excited to see how it unfolds. I'm running better than I ever have. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that always feels good too. And I think I'm definitely nervous because I know how bad this is. Well, I don't know how bad it's going to hurt, but I know it's going to hurt really bad, right. To go for it. And so that part is like always scary, but it's also, I'm not like having extreme race anxiety because I know I am fit. Right. And so I think that is like, you know, hopefully I can like pull this one out and we'll see, but, um, it feels good to feel fit and like ready going into the race. And, um, so I'm excited for it. I think it's going to (laughs) be, it's going to be an adventure. Um, and yeah, next week I'll be fresh off the race to give the play-by-play and and we can see. I know I'm excited. We've had like three weeks of, of a race recap. So it is a, it's a nice, I like this. I like this early season racing. Uh, if it comes down to a sprint finish between you and all your friends, are you going to go for it? (laughs) We, I think, I mean, we haven't really discussed it. I think that all of us are like, so riding that line of 
we really just want to get under three hours, right? That it's like, and I think we'll see in the race, but I think, you know, thinking about everyone, I think everyone is like also a competitor too, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if as like, you know, we get past 22, we get past 23, we're on pace. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if people start to be like, okay, I'm going to like, I feel good. I can go. And I, we definitely would never like be mad about that. Right. I think it's going to be hilarious if at 26 miles we're all stuck together. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, I think all of us are kind of like, you know, a lot of times you approach a marathon, you're like, I just want to feel good through 18 or 20. Right. And that's like, I want to make sure like at 23 and 24, I'm still like, you know, like for me, this pace is quite hard and it's like, I don't want to count chickens before they hatch. Right. So, um, we'll see how I feel and like in the moment, but I, I would never fault anyone for going for, for like the race aspect of it. So we'll see. I'll, I'll get to let everyone know how that unfolds too. When I ran CIM in, in 2019 with, you know, a huge group of women going for that trials cut, I actually loved how it was, it was so different than how we race in triathlon because it, we can, the win was going sub 245 for us. And so it was like, it wasn't as much like trying to beat the person next to you. It was like, oh, we can both get this. And I think that that was really interesting. Psychologically, it was so, so interesting. Um, Cause also I was like, you know, running in 70th place. And so it wasn't like there was prize money and that kind of thing on the line or bragging rights, even, although I probably do brag about that, but um, I'm like 76, but uh, it's worth bragging about. But I will also add, it was such a different pain than racing an Ironman. I just think it was so different and it was so fascinating, but I found it more mentally stressful than um, anything. Like I was very surprised by the mental stress of trying to hit a pace because Mm -hmm. in Ironman or, you know, even 70.3 or shorter, I mean, I think it's, you have a lot of fluctuation based on terrain, based on uh, tactics and that kind of thing. And in marathon, the key is like hitting those paces, hitting those times. So it was just different. It was kind of fun. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, I'll be rooting. Is there tracking? Is there tracking for this race? Can we, can we follow? There is not, but it starts at seven 30 on Sunday morning. So hopefully around 10 30, I'll, I'll try and put some kind of sign of life on my Instagram that, uh, the things, you know, how they went. So you can, people can watch there. Okay. Well, best of luck to you and your whole crew. Enjoy the whole experience. And also I would add that when I raced at CIM, I I felt so bad in the early miles. Hmm. Like I was like, oh my goodness, I can't hold this, but I'm like, I'll just see how long it goes. And then I felt better. So there's something about being an endurance athlete that if it doesn't feel good in the beginning, you're going to be fine. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll remember that. So, I mean, one way or another, it'll, it'll be a story. Um, but yeah, I think now we can, now we can dive into the mailbag. So we do some really good questions in there. Ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. This one, this week comes from Andrea, um, and her long runs. Oh, she's getting ready for a 50 K in Moab in May, which sounds lovely. And her long runs are approaching three hours. She loves Taylor Swift videos as much as anyone, but she also finds that like three hours, um, when she's supposed to just kind of do an aerobic zone to run for three hours on the treadmill, Taylor Swift can only take her so far. So she's wondering, is it okay to walk on an incline for 10 or 15 minutes at a time within that three hours, keeping her heart rate in zone two? Um, you know, she's basically wondering, is the point to run, to run slow for the three hours in zone two? Um, or like, 
is the walking okay? Or will that compromise her ability to finish the 50K race? And Haley, I think we both want to tell Andrea with a huge, like, huge exclamation point that a little bit of walking, right, in chunks during that three hour treadmill run, um, keeping your heart rate in the right zone will not jeopardize your ability to finish the 50K race. Um, that is a great strategy to break it up, to keep you mentally engaged, to get you so that you're not just like skipping those those runs because you dread them so much. Right. So like, um, definitely a good strategy to use. And I think, you know, with something like ultra running and a 50 K as you, you know, um, do more of them as your goals change, like if your goal is to, you know, complete it, get to that finish line and feel good about it. Absolutely break it up. If you find yourself where you want to be getting faster um, at that distance or at that race, you want to then start thinking about like training your legs to actually be learning to turn over and (laughs) running for that amount of time. And so then it might become a little bit more important that you really do pull out other mental strategies to keep yourself like running on the treadmill for three hours. Um, but there, I mean, I would say there's no reason not to break it up at this point. Um, and I think that it sounds like with your goals, that will be totally fine. Um, you know, with 50 K's and with marathons and 50 milers, like you just, you know, people will say a lot of times you do want to practice hiking. You do want to practice hiking up hills and like getting stronger in that way. And that's true. Um, and you, but there is kind of a different level of training once you want to be running more, which gets you to the finish line a little faster. Right. And just, you know, the treadmill is a great tool, honestly, for that, like the doldrums of just turning your legs over for hour after hour, um, on end. But at this point, I think, you know, and maybe you would want to do that even for like a later season race when you can be running outside and it's not quite as boring and think about it that way too. Um, but for now, Andrea, I feel you those long treadmill runs, <laughs> the walk breaks might be the only thing to get you through it. So use them for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I would just add that, add? um, sometimes if you do a walk break, I mean, I think walking is great. And I think you're walking at incline. Like you said, the effort is the same. And so the body does recognize effort, not pace. But I think that the only other thing I would maybe add is like, do some not at an incline and use that to like, get your nutrition in at a, you know, somewhat regular interval, or maybe do it at a more moderate incline. So your heart rate does come down a little bit, which I think could be good in the race. I don't know exactly what the terrain is like in Moab, but I imagine it's pretty hilly. And so maybe if you kind of know about if there are aid stations in that race, or if you have a nutrition plan, like use the the walk breaks to break it up and make sure you're practicing your nutrition plan. Cause that's one thing the treadmill is really nice for. You can like set up a buffet table right there. So, uh, that is, yeah, everything I, everything you said, I think applies, but then I think you know, adding that into might help, help, help in between, you know, the Taylor Swift videos. I always find it so satisfying in a treadmill run when you're like, you finish the last sip at the bottom, you can just be like, throw it down on the ground. You're like done, like another market mark of like another hour down or something right on the treadmill. It's like so satisfying. Um, yeah, that's the little, the little things, Haley, I guess. You and, you and Andrea doing your three hour <laughs> treadmill runs. I, I don't, I, I don't have experience there. <laughs> I do a lot of shorter ones, but yeah, I'll let, I'll let you can you do two. it on the trainer too. Like same, same yeah. concept, yes. right? There you go. There you go. 
Um, but thank you, Andrea, for the question. Yeah, thank you. And again, if anyone else has uh, questions, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And Haley, a quick sponsor plug because everyone, don't forget, you can get 20% off of That's It bars with the code ironwomen at that'sitfruit.com, I believe. And Haley, have you been, did you pack some That's It bars on your travels? I, I they make it through security kick- okay? Yes, I packed some of those kick uh, caffeine bars. They are great, both the vanilla and the chocolate. And we'll say like sometimes when you're doing hotel life, uh, it's a little hard to get coffee in the morning. And so mm-hmm. it's nice to have those. And actually I have one waiting for me. I'm uh, recording this and then headed out to go see some waterfalls. Ooh. And I think I'm going to pack some, some kick bars to keep me going. I'm a little sore and a little tired, but you know, can't pass up on a seeing some of the Chilean landscape. And so, uh, it, I think they're going to be perfect for post-race as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. And again, 20% off code iron women, that's it fruit.com. And Haley, we have a really great interview for everyone, right? This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down in person with Laredo Diaz, one of the race directors of challenge Puerto Varas. In 2022, Laredo and her business partner, Ariel Abramovich, were sponsors of the inaugural Challenge Puerto Varas and a big part of why I ended up racing here. Soon after the 2022 race, a personal relationship led to an opportunity for them to become the official race directors of the 2023 version. Laredo and Ariel worked for more than a year to make the second version of the event even better than the first. We recorded this interview in public, so there's a bit of background noise in parts of the conversation, but hopefully that just adds to the charm of the unique opportunity to record in person and just one day post-race. I think you'll enjoy hearing Laredo share more about her passion for triathlon and the people she's met through this sport, her advice for aspiring race directors, and some of her hopes for the future of Challenge Puerto Varas. We'll have my conversation with Laredo Diaz right after the break. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast, Laredo. Thank you. I'm super glad to be here. I am so happy to have you on because we're recording this just one day after Challenge Puerto Varas, and you were one of the race organizers yes. for this event this year. And I, I would love to kind of hear, first of all, your impression of the race. This was the second year that the race has happened. First year that you were part of the actual like organization team. Yes. How are you feeling? Uh Actually, I feel super proud. I think the race yesterday was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, the people was happy. The organization went well. All the team that worked with us uh, complied with almost everything. And if we did have some issues, but, but I think everything went smoothly. And all athletes were happy. All the families were happy. Uh, the community was present and cheering. So, so I, I don't know. We could have gotten a little bit more sun, and I think that would have been perfect. But it came for the award ceremony. So I, I'm just thankful that it went that well because it, it was amazing. For me, it was an amazing experience too. Yeah. yeah just, just two years in this and, and making... I think an awesome change between the first year and the second. Uh, it it was a, a very good change. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to talk about that because I was here for the first year, a year ago in 2022, and this was the second year, and you were part of that team. But before we get into that, I'd love to kind of hear more about how you got here. Like, how did you end up as a race director? How did you first 
get into triathlon? I think that might be a good place to start. Um, I started triathlon because my husband started running. And then I met a friend, Ariel, that's now my partner in business and in sports and in talent. And he did bicycle. So I started teaching him how to run and he started teaching me how to bike. And obviously I invited my husband to go with us to these bike uh, rides and I have a place in the south here with a lake, so I've been swimming my whole life, not competitively, but, but I do feel very comfortable in the water. So I said it's, it's a natural step to get into triathlon. And I started doing triathlon, I'd say about maybe 10 years ago, in a very amateur way. Um, but I love it. I love training for triathlon. And then we decided to start importing bikes and we made a group with all the people that bought us the bikes here in Chile. Quintana Roo bikes, which I know you, you have one and I love them. And we got this team and then we decided to start doing activities for the team. And then we got offered opportunities to help organizers get their races better, help them with improving their their way of doing things, uh, being a sponsor in different different positions, and even working with the people that they needed to do in the communities that they were working. And uh, it got to a point in which they invited us to participate as sponsors in Challenge Puerto Varas. Uh, the organizer was a friend of ours, and <clears throat> because we've been helping him for about three or four years, and the owner of the franchise is is a friend of ours because of the of the QR team too because he bought a bicycle from us and his wife also has the Quintana Roo and it's a world championship uh, amateur racer and a very good one so we we always try to comply with what she needs and she invited I mean he invited us to participate too and. Then we got here in uh, last year, and since we we did some stuff, I don't know if you remember, but when we were in pandemic, we tried to do some stuff with with you. You did some. I did some photo. I did yes. a photo judging contest. Yes. I do remember that, and there were some crazy photos. Yes, <laughs> everyone was going crazy inside their houses, and and we said, you know what, guys, let's do something fun. We are so stressed out. Let's let's do a like a. I know, a prize thing, something, I don't know how you call that, but you, we needed pictures from everyone with their bikes doing something different, uh -huh. and we contacted you, some pro elite uh -huh. racers, with Quintana Roo, and we invited you to judge those, those pictures and choose the, the first one. And actually, Pamela won with both of her, of her kids on the bike uh -huh. while she was trying to train. So it was hard. It was hard to judge. There were some really good photos. There, they I were do remember very cool it was photos. hard to figure yes. it out. Yeah. Yeah. And since we, we got in contact with you at that time, uh, we said, why don't we invite some of them? If if we're part of the sponsorship team, let's let's see if they would want to come here to this island. I mean, it's far, far, far down in the globe and I don't know. It. I think it's a place that 
people need to see better. Yeah. yeah. No, it has it has been incredible, and I am so glad that I got that Instagram DM and I responded to it because it has been life changing for me to have come here twice. But can you talk a little bit more about Chilean triathlon culture, or how do you see the sport in this country? It's been growing. Um, <clears throat> the community, we are not a big country, so it's, we are about 18 million people. And I think we have about 3,000 triathletes at most. So doing activities for, for these amount of people that usually travel for doing triathlon, it's... It, 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 it's not as easy as, as it seems because you, you have to do a lot and then you don't have all the people that you need to support the event at the end. Um, and the quality of the events here in Chile aren't as good as you have. I mean, weren't as good as the there, ones. There, I like that. I like that. <laughs> they, they weren't as good as the ones you have ab abroad. But um, so I always... I, I always had the dream that, that we could do something to make the difference. Uh, I've been very um, fortunate to to travel around the world and, and experience different triathlons every, everywhere. And I know there's some, there are things that you can do that make the difference. And, and that's how I got into this because I... After the uh, the challenge last year and things didn't work out between the the partnership that our friends had, uh, they invited us over to to try to do it. And and I said, there's so much room for to so many things to do. And that's how it started. When you make that decision to to join as a race director. When does the work start? Does it start the next day, a year out, or was it? Is it a slower process? It like, actually started before. Before, before yeah. you even made the decision. <laughs> yeah, because since I was helping for last year version, um, I had to do some of the paperwork with the authorities here in Puerto Varas. Uh, I had to talk to uh, the police to help us out with different things. So. I started building relationships before I even thought of doing it. Mm -hmm. And as as I've been saying you before, uh, for me, relationships are very important. And I think that if if you give your 100%, you can get the 100% or even more mm -hmm. from the people that you're working with. And, and, and that's how I got involved because I... So you were. You were giving 100% last year when you weren't officially. I mean, I saw it. I saw it in person. So um, let's talk about where we are. Why Puerto Varas? I, I mean, you mentioned it's, it's in the south. In the southern part of Chile, it's far from most everything. Why do you think uh, this, why did you think or why did everyone involved think that this was a good place for a race? Well, Puerto Varas has two main important things for me. First, it's super easy to get here. I mean, you get a plane from wherever you are and you get to Santiago. You might be, you might need a, a connection flight, but you get to Santiago and then you fly an hour and a half and you're in Puerto Montt, that is 20 to 30 minutes from Puerto Varas. So uh, 
it it might take you time, but it's easy to arrange. And I think that that helps a lot, especially if, if you want people from from all over the world to come. And Puerto Varas also has uh, an incredible, incredible, uh, how do you say, nature, um, what's the word? Natural environment. Yeah. It is. Yes. It is. I mean, yeah. it's an... In- Enormous it, lake. It, There's an enormous lake. There's a volcano. We're yeah. staring at a volcano right now. Actually, um, three. Yeah, three <laughs> volcanoes. Yes, you're right. You're right. There's three volcanoes, and um, and you know, it's it's good terrain for riding. I think it's like hilly and for yeah. riding and running. I mean, yes. it's definitely you don't get bored here. No, not at all. And and the weather is is nice. It's not too hot, mm-hmm. and it's not super cold. It might it might get cold if the wind blows and But even if you get a, a cold day when you're doing a triathlon, you, I think you better do it in a cold, in a cold environment than in a hot environment. So that helps a lot. And the well, we have lots of hotels here. Yes. And and very good hotels with international chains that that are very comfortable that offer everything and. And you are right by the place where we're doing the race. So, I don't know. Where else can you get something like that? Like, it, you can choose from different budgets and still be in the middle of what, where everything is happening. You don't need to walk over three blocks mm-hmm. to be at the finish line or the start line. And and you're right, you're right here. Yes. The race logistics here are... Are I don't, I can't think of anything quite like uh, like it. I mean, I don't think I've ever stayed where I basically rolled my bike out to transition, and I was there in probably under twenty seconds. <laughs> it was it is a it is a unique unique place for sure. A lot of restaurants and um, the food is amazing. The food is yeah. amazing here, and I will say, having been here in twenty twenty two, when the COVID precautions were a little different compared to twenty twenty three, it's like. It's, I mean, it's alive. The city is very alive. All the restaurants are open, all the cafes. There's people on vacation. There's people here for the race. Yeah. It was, it was neat for me to see it, to see that. The both difference. Of those. Yes. Yeah. Because I can see where this is like a very cool place to just visit, but it's also a very cool place to have a race. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm thankful. I can see why, but I think it's important for, you know, for our listeners to hear from you as well, like why you chose to put a race here, why you choose to keep the race here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, want to talk a bit more about the race because, uh, yesterday's race, Barbara Riveros, yes. who is a Chilean Olympian, she raced. What did it mean to, to have her at this race? It was, it was a pleasure. Actually, it was a pleasure. Um, we didn't expect for her to come. Uh, we didn't even try to ask at the beginning because she just ran, uh, Pucon. And she doesn't come that much to Chile. And, and because of COVID, she she had some issues with how the people, like, felt her at some point. And, and she got frustrated with it. And, and it was her fight. And, and I think that she's trying to, to get the people to know her better. And <clears throat> even that... Because she told me that she wasn't prepared enough to run this race, and 
and that for her it's it's different to come and compete here in Chile. Everyone has so big expectations of, of how she's going to do it. But she said, I decided that I needed to support you. After what we, I mean, we talked about four or three, or three times before she decided to come. And, and she said, I need to be there. I need to make this uh, a change. I, need, I know that they're trying to do something for the country, for the region, for... So her being here was that star that made everyone look at what we were doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We got much more attention than we did last year, and and I think that she made that happen. So it was, it was great. It was the best scenario for us because, as I said, I think we did a very good race and and she supported us from the beginning and helped us put it into light for for the rest of the world to see it yes and and even on her not as prepared day she still finished a very respectable fourth place so incredible racing there uh i was in the car with with you and barbara and you were both talking about how you have a desire to give back to the communities that host these races and i didn't know that was so you know, Barbara was so passionate about it, but then I did get to see it in action during the week when I'd see her out hosting, uh, you know, runs or doing interviews. She was doing so much. And then and she talked about it and you talked about that as well. And so can you talk more about why that's important as a race director to, to make sure you are a positive impact on the communities that are hosting these races? Obviously, challenge and licenses are businesses. And... But we live in a world in which now it's more than ever important for me, and I think that for everyone, to see that we can do whatever we want, but we need to take care of what we're doing, and we need to look after what's going to be left after we leave. And in regards to that, I think that if you're doing a race and you're working or interfering in people's lives, you have to do something to make them happy too. Because otherwise, things don't work out. If, if I'm doing th- something against my, my will, at the end, I, I, I would just say no. But if I'm doing something that I don't like a lot, but I see that there are other things that make me happy on some other end, then there's room for keep going. Mm-hmm. That, at, at the, that's how relationships work. Nothing is perfect. Relationships get, get strained. Relationships get better. And then sometimes you fight. And, but if, if you try to work things out, the only way to working things out for me is to try to, like, I'll do this and you could do this and, and I, I'll, I allow this and you can allow this. You, you need to make some kind of commitment and... Gosh. Mutually, mutually yeah. beneficial. Yeah, mutually beneficial. Uh-huh. Yes. As, I said, as Ariel always says, we need a win-win situation. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Because if you think that I'm getting... Uh, a better reward than you are, at the end you'll get bored, pissed, or frustrated, or 
or you will feel that I'm being like selfish or how do you say aprovecha? Like taking advantage. Mm -hmm. So I I think there's there's lots of things that you can do. There's lots of ways in which you can improve things where you are. And if you work with the community and we're talking about a place in the South that has lots of vulnerability, has problems with even normal water supplies or bathroom supplies. So so there's lots of things to do. You can clean a, a beach that, because people come and doesn't have the habit of picking things up because they're from the South. They, are, they live in the middle of a farm and nobody cares of what what's happening so they can throw fruit that eventually will will regenerate but if you do it in the beach it's not the same and if people is coming after you to the beach you don't want to have a, a piece of watermelon in the middle of the beach right uh -huh. so so there's things to do there's there's people that you can help in different ways and it it doesn't need to mean money there's it's time involved it's getting to the people to work together for for an idea, it's it's like the thing that I told you about the lake. There's so many things that we are able to do right now because of technology and because of of the way that we think that things could be done better. So, yeah. So, what are some of the things? I know that you have participated in a like water water sampling. Uh, Pro or project that's going on with the lake is that is that one of the first things that you're hoping to do to kind of give back to this community? Yeah, um, we've been working with the with the municipality for for the last year, and they are launching a program this Wednesday for monitoring the water in the lake to see the quality of the of, of how it is, and they have. 11 points uh, around the whole lake to see uh, what are the sources that get contaminated in those areas. If, if you put different places to monitor and, and you have, because the, this, this lake is pretty big, so if, if you have it in, in points that you can visualize where, where the bad things might be coming from, then you can work on that specific place specifically. And mm -hmm. so you can re redistribute the money to improve that because that is a one thing that it's making the rest of the of the lake polluted. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a very good alternative and, and, and it's a it's a project that we're doing with the Universidad San Sebastian here in Puerto Varas too. And because they are in charge of all the, the study of the water, and it, it's a it's a project that it hasn't been done here in Chile before, and we expect it to work, so we can use it in all the lakes that we have, and we have lots of lakes here in Chile since we are so long from the middle down. We have lots of lakes, so and as triathletes, we we need to care about water yeah, quality we because we can't have triathlons if the water isn't isn't. Good clean enough, clean to, enough to swim yeah. in. So and, and you've seen this water is crystal clear. It's crystal clear. It's, it's crystal, beautiful. Yeah. You can like see the rays of light coming down while you're swimming. It's it's wonderful. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about 
how you've gone above and beyond for the pro athletes at this race. Uh, you mentioned reaching out to me last year and, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I think I'm going to, you know, try this race out. But then I came down here and it was just, it was way more than I expected in terms of support, just helping, helping me navigate it where I've done some international races and I kind of can figure things out. But, um, but it was, it was just having someone on the ground who can kind of help, especially when I don't speak the language. And, but it's not just me, you were doing that for every pro it seems you know it's 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 really incredible why why do you see value in the pro athletes first of all you are just like me i don't do it as well as you do but but you're a person that deserves only attention all the time and if i can help you with that it it's perfect I, I do have issues sometimes. I do feel uncomfortable doing some stuff. And if I can make it a better experience for you, it's even better for everyone. And if you're comfortable and and you feel like that you are getting listened to, that improves the sport here too. So it's it's a win-win situation. I... I do want to make you feel special because for me, you are special. But you're special not only because you're a pro triathlete, because I try to do it as much as I do it with you, with the people that I know that are coming here to compete. Obviously, they don't need my help in with hotels or language or whatever, but the cookie that we gave, we gave it to everyone. <laughs> good. Okay, good. I'm glad every, it was a good cookie, but I'm glad everyone got that. Yeah, everyone got it. Uh, so everyone that was staying in a hotel that we could reach out. But, and, and we even gave it at the, at the, at the expo. But <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's not hard to make someone feel special or cared for and it makes a huge difference in how you perceive things and and I think that the best results come out of people that is feeling comfortable and feels happy about participating in anything that they're doing. Well, I only speak for the pros, but it's good to know that age groupers can kind of expect the same kind of hospitality at, at a race like, like this. And I know it's only been one day since since the race, but um, have you had time to reflect? Were there any surprises, either positive or negative, that came out of yesterday? Yeah. Yes, definitely. A yes. lot of surprises. A lot of surprises. You, you think you have everything planned, and things come up always, always. And there there are some, th some things that you weren't well prepared or that you didn't see that you needed more preparation and and so improvising is part of the job and and I think that my experience as a mother as a triathlete as a grown-up woman because I told you I'm over 50 already it has helped me develop some of the qualities that that make me react in a way that I can handle stuff without getting stressed at the moment and try to work with the people that I have around to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And 
I am thankful of all the people that helped me yesterday because a lot of things came up and I would say that 99% of them helped me out and try to do their best to make what yesterday's race was. You mentioned, you know, being a woman and when we talk about equality in the sport, I think something that is neglected sometimes is like equality across like gender equality in all places, which includes as a race director. Yeah. Do you feel like as a as a woman, as a race director, like you are able to to see things that a man might miss, um, you know, and just make sure that that it is a welcoming place for women as well? Yes, I do. Definitely. We have a view of being things different. It, even if you have the same education, the same schedule, the same career, everything, the same experience as parents, whatever, we feel the things different. We, we practice, I don't know, there's the women instinct that it's different from the men instinct. And we are, our instinct is maternal, their instinct is survival. And we struggle to survive too, but <laughs> but but it's different. And uh, there are a lot of very warm men, and I think that the way of working with people has become every day more important because you cannot be a workaholic anymore. Things are different now from what they were when I was when I started university, my plan was super clear. I was going to study, I was going to get married, I was going to have a kid, I was going to buy a house. I would I would have bought my I bought my my car when I was in university. So and and my plans were right there and, and I had limits for it and but people think completely different today. And if you don't adapt to those things, uh Work relationships will, will not work, and you depend on the people that you work with. Things are not going to improve or develop or update if you don't get involved with everyone that needs to be involved. And every day I think that you need more involvement of the people to make things happen. And, and, and people with, with vision to, to where they want to where they want to be, what they want to do, but not concrete statements, you know, but I don't know, big pictures. Yeah. I mean, it is. That's why you need, you do need different visions. Like you mentioned, do you have uh, goals for this race? How do you see this race in the future? I would love to have a world championship here someday. I, I really do. I think it's a place where things can happen and um, I would love to be the one to be here to do it but it, it's a lot of work we are at the end of the world and there's but it's a challenge for us too. Hawaii's <laughs> at the end of the world though a little bit too I mean we see world championships aren't always in the most convenient places. Yeah but Hawaii is a place that everyone wants to see at least before they die. Oh, this is pretty nice, I will say. I've been to both and I'm like, eh, the weather's a little nicer here if you if you don't love like sweating all the time. It is, but it's, it's harder to get to know people about Chile. Mm -hmm. Chile is a country 
very small, very far away, but with amazing people, I think, and with infinite capacity to do and develop world rank events. And I think, as I said at the beginning, uh, I feel proud. I think that yesterday we did an event that could be qualified as one of the world's really good events mm -hmm. available here today. So I, I, I think that no one would regret being here yesterday. They, they, they had a, a, a race that was hard. The weather wasn't the perfect one, but it was good enough for everyone to run. The, the security was worked perfectly, and I think that that was one of our main goals for this race, and we made it work. Um, so there's more things to do. Obviously, there's things I need to get prepared beforehand, and but overall, yes, I'm super happy about yesterday. Super, super happy. What about um, as a race director? Do you think you'll be directing more races in the near future? Or are you focused on Puerto Varas? I, I don't know. For, for this race, we were a team of three people. Mm -hmm. And we hired people to help us. And we got, we, we got some people involved at some point. But, but the core people that worked in this event were five people at the most. Um, if you have five people producing an, an event like the one we did yesterday, there's no way that someone can do more than one. <laughs> it was a lot. There's no way. So if, if I could give to someone else part of what I want to do in every race and be able to work with him or her achieving the goal that we will both look for, I think that I could work as a race director of a, of a group of races. Mm -hmm. But I also, we, we also talked about this uh, a bit before. There's, there's some things that you can delegate, but there are responsibilities that are always yours. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end, if you're the race director for different races, you end up being the responsible for each race. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to be sure that all of all the things are done the way that you think are the best way to be done or to have the, the certainty that things are done, because, as I said, you need to be spontaneous for lots of decision-making at the moment. And if you need to do that a day or three days or five days a year because you have five races, it's fine. And if you have a team that is working for each race that can focus mainly in that event, I think that's how I see myself. Like trying to make each one of the races that we could have Making it as similar as this one 
trying to achieve as much as we did with this one. And that would be my goal. Uh, I'm a people's person. I, I don't mind if I get to know a hundred people here and another hundred there. I, I try to stay in touch as much as I can with everyone that I know. I, I like relationships. And so I can give my all to all the people that I'm going to meet the day that I'm going to meet without, without trouble. Mm -hmm. So I can keep doing that. And as I said to a lot of people, well, if you leave, what are you going to do? Well, I can offer my services for just be with the pros and care for them for, for the week. I don't care. I, I don't even need to be paid for that. I just enjoy doing it. You deserve to be paid for that. <laughs> no, I, uh, hanging with the pros, I mean, it sounds great, but um, we're a high-maintenance no, bunch. But, <laughs> no, but what I mean is that I, I have fun. It's, okay. For me, it's fun. Yeah. It's super fun. So hopefully, so, I mean, there's a chance. It sounds like there's a chance we might be getting to see you and wearing, you know, more hats, but mostly we just have to appreciate that we have you here um, right now. Uh, do you have advice for, for someone if they are listening and they live in a place or they're really passionate about a location and they think this would be a great place for a race? Maybe not on the scale of Challenge Puerto Vares, but even just a more local race. Do you have advice for them if they wanted to get started? Yeah. Try to get as much people from the community involved and see what they, they need. What, what are they looking for? This city specifically used to be a very uh, sporty place. And for some reason, for the last 10 years, it went down. But the population went up. So, so something was happening that, that wasn't working. And when we got the chance to be here and I saw that, I said, this is perfect because it's exactly what I want to do. And, and it's related to what I like. And... And it's a style of life that I that I love. So that I think that getting to know the place where you want to do the stuff, getting to know the people, and it's super important to have people to work with that understands your vision and it's wants to work as much as you want because the work is hard and you have to put much more hours than you think. Uh, I never expected, never expected. I, I started this job as a part-time job and it ended up being a 24-7 job. And um, it's a sacrifice for the family. It's a sacrifice for your friends. And if you can have a friend like I do, doing the same thing with you, uh, it helps a lot. And my husband also supports me in everything. He's, he sent a message today when, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. When he left today, he sent a message saying that he was so proud of me and despite the decision that I made, he will support me because he knew what I was dealing with. Um, I don't know, having someone there like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. I think it, it post-race emotions happen to everyone. But also, I think that's so beautiful that you do a lot, but it, you are always so good to thank the people in your community, your family, uh, your business partner, Ariel, who is, you know, the two of you are an incredible team. He was very 
sad that this is the Iron Women podcast. And I, yeah. we, we, we kicked him out. But, um, but I think that, you know, hopefully you can take some time and reflect on this race and reflect on your experience and, and decide how, how you want to be involved in the future. But I think that your advice for, for others is really good because, because hopefully they can find their partners Mm -hmm. that will support them. And then we can together pull off incredible things like what you did yesterday. So I, I I appreciate your, your emotion and just knowing how much you put into it because it's (laughs) obvious. It's obvious to someone like me, but I don't know if on the outside people just following the race realize how much everyone who is involved is so, so passionate Mm -hmm. to, to pull this off. So hopefully we, we, we portray that. Can we talk a little bit about your own racing plans? <laughs> I know that you have, uh, you have, you know, you've raced triathlon, you raced last year, you've done some marathons, some running races. Do you have, uh, do you have any race plans for the coming year or mostly you're recovering from, from yesterday, from the whole weekend? I keep saying about yesterday, but there were races on Saturday, going yeah. all day, kids races, open water races. I mean, this is a whole weekend of, yeah. of events. Um, I haven't. I don't have anything planned. I I was planning on running the London Marathon with my husband, and obviously I couldn't make it because it's in April. I, last year I said that Berlin was my last marathon, but I ended up saying, well, if you're going to run, maybe I can make it. And I don't know. I love sports. I love training. And there's always uh, where where I have my house here in the South, there's always a tri a short triathlon every summer, and I love racing that. I'm always the first in my category in my nice. age group, so it's super super uh, like I know it makes yeah me, it feels <laughs> good to win yeah, yeah. It, it does and it's the first race of the year, so it, it, it helps my my hopes are full up in terms of that. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't have special plans of I, I I did uh, Kona last year and I wasn't able to finish that 73 because I fell on the bike and I couldn't run afterwards uh, do you feel like you have unfinished business there not really I I gave my all and mm-hmm. I, I I came super prepared and I, I couldn't run I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't run and I had decided that my, that what might have been my last race too, my last seventy point three at least. And um, I don't know if if I have the time, I will keep training because I I love it. Uh, but if I work like I'm doing it right now, I won't be able to. You so. you need a vacation. We all <laughs> you need a you need a little recovery vacation. But I think. It's very obvious that you are passionate about the sport as an athlete, as a spectator, as a, you know, a, a fan. Uh, I know you volunteered at the 70.3 yeah. Worlds last <laughs> year did. in St. George. So you are so involved as a race director in every part. And so I think we are so lucky to have you in the sport. And hopefully, you know, this, this inspires others who maybe want to follow in your footsteps in a race director role or be involved in some way, maybe supporting a race director, because it does sound like, you know, it's a hard job. It's a big <laughs> job and, and we wouldn't have races without them. So thank you so much. Thank oh, you so thank much you. for sharing your story and thank you. thank you for doing this the day after the race. And now I'll let you go nap. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you had, I had the easy job. Who knew? <laughs> thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
and everyone is invited to come here because I I will do my best to make you feel special. I enjoy everything that you do here too. So thank you. A big sincere thank you to Laredo and all of the race directors out there who do work incredibly hard to put on the events we love. I think I speak for all triathletes and endurance sports athletes in saying we really appreciate your work. Alyssa and I will be back next week with a recap of her sub three marathon attempt and another great interview. As always, you can write into our mailbag at ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Amelia Perry and produced by Ellen Atitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.